2: Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you doing, Allison? I'm doing well. You didn't join us for our Christmas questions with Monster Fuzz.
1: It was just a, a last-minute decision to just make dinner instead, because I knew I'd have to do that afterwards. So I thought, yeah. you're probably safe hands.
2: <laughs> well, we got a lot of questions from folks on Discord, from Monster Fuzz Discord. I think that they're patrons as well, from our patrons on Patreon. We just had a fun time answering questions. But we're not going to let you out of it that easily, Allison. We're going to make you answer all those same questions.
1: That you didn't have time to answer.
2: (laughs) Well, all the questions we did answer that you Uh weren't there for, and then the ones that I didn't get to. Oh, okay. So we're going to do a patron show for that.
0: Sounds good.
2: Oh, yes. The mugs are back in stock. We have Strange Familiar's mugs. We have two Bigfoot mugs. We have the Bigfoot with orb, the one we had before. It's the cover to Where the Footprints End, Volume 2. And we have my Bigfoot Big Heart design, the Bigfoot Holding a Heart
1: that was my suggestion. That was it your make suggestion. Make some of those.
2: And it's a good one. <laughs> so we have all those in stock right now at our Etsy shop, or you can go to strangefamiliars.com slash merch. Before I get to the questions with Monster Fuzz, just want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do. If you'd like Strange Familiars and you'd like to help us make Strange Familiars, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Familiars. All of our patrons get commercial-free versions of the weekly show, plus extra content. Full episodes, bonus episodes. Every month we do at least one. Sometimes we do more than one. You can check out all the options, again, at patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you're on Apple Podcasts, there's an option there as well. It's called Patron of the Strange. You get the weekly commercial-free shows and the extra shows monthly as well. All right. Let's go to the meeting of the minds with the Monster Fuzz guys. Welcome, Robin and The Monster <laughs> Fuzz fellas are here, and, and I'm there. Oh, we're together. Virtually.
3: That's, a, that's an intro and a half, Tim. We're actually drinking, because it's Christmas, it's a Monster Fuzz tradition. We have a bit of mulled wine in front of us, Tim.
2: Oh, nice, nice. Are
3: you a fan of the mulled wine? I love it. It's good mm. stuff, right?
2: My uh, my uh, friend and, and breath bandmate left me with a case of it when he, he made oh, his own... Really. And when he moved to uh, England, he left me with a case of it.
3: Yeah, it's oh that God. diabetes wine that's fairly really tasty yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, sweet. what would make
4: wine better? If it tasted more like Coke, you're like, well, yeah, that's true. Hot Coke <laughs> this yeah, is way better. Yeah, no, it's lovely. It's very
3: good. We, you know, you make like a, I don't know what way uh, your mate makes it, but like I make like a kind of a syrup base for it. And then you add mm. the booze to it once you've made the syrup base. But the syrup base has got all your... You know, your citrus peels and your cinnamon sticks and cloves and all that stuff, but very, very tasty and very wintry as well, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. So today we've got we did the same as we did at Halloween, right, where basically we asked our patrons uh for some Christmassy questions. And so we've got a bunch here. So Tim will bounce back and forth with what we've got. Um Also, what are you doing for Christmas this year? What's yours and Alison's plans?
2: Oh, just chilling out. Just taking it easy. Mostly I'll, I do a uh, solstice walk with, with Chad and Mm -hmm. uh, my buddy, John's going to accompany us this year. So that's a big, big fun, but we usually do that, you know, the, the evening of solstice. And then after that, it's, it's pretty much stay home and do family stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah, well, are nice. much the same. I think I'll try and get a bit of a hike in, maybe on the twenty sixth, maybe. Um, walk off that turkey belly and stuff like that. <laughs> um, what does actually before we get into it, what does a what does a Christmas dinner look like in the Renner household?
2: Probably turkey yeah. and uh, stuffing and and some form of vegetable, and I'm sure there'll be. My daughter is a fantastic. Uh, baker. So I'm sure I'm sure she will make. She makes. She's vegan, so she makes vegan bake stuff. But you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. It's really good. It's really really.
3: I I'm just saying like there's um. There's a, a vegan, I was going to say there's a vegan couple, there's two vegan twins in <laughs> Ireland uh, called the Happy Pear and they're vegan, but they, they have a great cookbook that like I always use. Like I, I'm not vegan, like, but I'll cook from it all the time. The reason I like cooking vegan stuff is because it uses so much fresh natural ingredients and like it's all plant based. So obviously super good for you. Um, oh yeah, and it's nice. Like to have, yeah. I used to do, maybe three or four days of vegan food, you know, and then balance it out with a big dirty steak.
2: Yeah,
4: you know? makes sense. <laughs> Just so your body was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> when I would go on tour, I would always eat vegan because. Really, yeah. I can eat cheese and stuff, but I, I'm a little sensitive to it. So mm. I figured, like, if I'm on tour, I'll just eat vegan, then I know I'll be safe and I'll have less incidents where I have to get up off a stage and run to the bathroom. Candy's
3: revenge yeah. is the call. Uh, yeah, it's, know, it's, a, it's a funny
2: one. We're we're doing a weird thing this year, uh, so
4: we're just in our house as well, just kind of getting the last bits sorted out. And my wife is vegetarian and Brazilian, so we're having bacalhau, which is like a cured cod pie. Which I think my seventy year old parents might have a hard time wrapping their heads. They're like, Where's the turkey in the ham though? So more to follow. More to follow.
3: <laughs> that's a revolutionary Yeah, my something.
4: dad you can tell he's like he's not into it. He's like, oh, I can't wait to have Christmas with you in your new house. <laughs> he's like a deadly fish. Well. Wow. Yeah, but that's super
3: common, right? Everywhere seems to do fish. Like it's it seems to be a strictly kind of UK, Ireland, and then America thing to the do turkey with turkey and, ham. and the ham. Yeah, right? yeah. Everywhere else, like in in Poland, they keep a lot
4: of like yeah, they keep the fish in the bath for
3: a in little the bath, while. Yeah, yeah. You ever heard of that. Tim?
2: No, we do um we do shrimp on Christmas Eve, so yeah. we'll do like a we'll do a, like a bunch of uh, steamed shrimp for mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. Nice, but usually for Christmas, it's usually some form of bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I prefer chicken. I'm actually a chicken man, which is controversial in and of itself.
2: I think. I think
4: objectively chicken tastes better than turkey yeah but turkey is just bigger there's more of it you can feed more people mm-hmm. i guess that's the the logic behind it historically right
2: I, I, th- I think i like the turkey for the holidays just as a change because yeah. i yeah, eat I a lot of true. a lot of chicken otherwise it's a, but if i had to give one up mm-hmm. i would i would keep the chicken because it's just it's too versatile it's just yeah. it's too good yeah
3: yeah, get them chicken thighs into you. I'm a big fan of the old yeah, chicken. Yeah, no thighs. casserole.
2: Get a slow I'm cooker. Starting to get hungry. You chicken now, guys.
3: We love to make a chicken Oh, you got yourself a stew <laughs> yeah
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Allison made one last night. Yeah, nice. I'm making one
3: tomorrow. I literally bought all the ingredients. You can't go wrong. um So, Tim, do you want to pick the
2: first question? You've got some from your listeners, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And uh as I said last time, I'm just using people's. First names mm-hmm. from Discord, if they're using a, a, a screen name or something, it's going to be that. I'd, I'm not trying to figure out everybody's uh, real name. So this one is from Jason on Discord. Mm-hmm. Which is a better Christmas movie? Die Hard, Gremlins, Lethal Weapon, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, or A Long Kiss Goodnight?
3: I'll answer this really quickly, and I'll just say Die Hard for me is like the definitive. Like-
4: he, he missed out there. No Batman Returns, which oh. is a very Christmassy Christmas yeah. movie. Action. Do
3: you, do you like, Saw so is Batman Returns your favorite? What you're saying? No,
4: Die Hard 2 would be my favorite. Yeah, Die Hard 1. Specifically, I think for me. 2 for me, because um, there's more snow, so it's more Christmassy.
3: Yeah, I mean, what's not to love? Killing Jordan. All right, I'm going to get a
4: lot of messages about this. I've never seen Die Hard.
3: <laughs> ah, Tim. But well, that just means year. that
4: he's about to discover his favorite Christmas film. Yeah. How exciting <laughs> is that? Like, I know you
3: should, honestly, Tim. Um, if you get the chance, it's, I think it's on Disney Plus. Uh, if you get a chance over Christmas, it's definitely worth watching. Like, yeah. I'm not a huge action film guy, actually. As a matter of fact, me and Eamon were only talking about it last week. Like, I haven't seen the John Wicks or anything, but, um, Die Hard is a really well done yeah. action film. It's like, that, it's
4: got that proper, like, eighties, late eighties, early nineties mm-hmm. feel to it. But it, it's, um, mm-hmm. the thing that Die Hard does, cause you had like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and it was very muscle mm-hmm. steroid break everybody up whatever (laughs) whereas uh, John McClane seems a bit like an everyman he's struggling to Mm -hmm. keep his marriage together he's you know uh, yeah I I think Die Hard's a great great movie based on a book as well apparently isn't it yeah? yeah
3: There you go. That's why so, it's so good. That's yeah. why
4: it's
2: so good. Literary master.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, on that you. list,
2: I, I've only seen Gremlins and Lethal Weapon, and both of those I saw so long ago that I barely remember. I know Lethal Weapon from the Always Sunny parodies more than I do <laughs> Gremlins, I mean, the original. Yeah. And Gremlins. I mean, I was a kid when my mom took me to see that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have any among those. I don't have any. I'll, I'll go. I'll take your word for it. and I'll pick Die Hard even What, I what would seen what it.
4: would be your favorite Christmas film if you if you had to choose?
2: Well, I'm going to get into this. Uh, There's another question about Christmas horror movies, and it's going oh to come up there. So hilarious. let's save it for that one. I like right. it. Right.
3: Um, I'm going to ask a more simple one, Tim, because I'm, I'm just kind of curious about your answer on this, really, because I, I, I'm guessing you're not a super materialistic guy. But Graham Young asks, um, "What would you guys both really want for Christmas this year?" It's three guys in this in, in this uh, idea. Is there any is there any gifts that you have your eyes on, Tim?
2: Oh, jeez
3: because Not really. there's, there's, there's nothing that you one thing that i discovered recently is that they make rings out with dinosaur bones <laughs> i'm still waiting for his girlfriend to propose to <laughs> oh, <yeah>. him so,
2: <laughs> no i, I mean I'd, I'd like an experience so you mm, know i get that if someone were to give me that trip to ireland you oh know, yeah i'd say yeah, like,
4: yeah. yeah, I, I, I can tell you this because um because, uh, my wife can't be arsed listening to me on the podcast. So she, she won't know till afterwards, but I was trying to figure out what to get her for Christmas. You know, the way there's always the stuff and you're kind of, you know, whatever you get, like sometimes it can seem paltry if you're like, well, here's some perfume and blah, blah, blah. Like, but I got her. It's kind of an experience and something you can keep, I guess. Uh, there's a place in Dublin called iMazy and what they do is they take a massively high resolution close up shot of your iris. All right. And so, you know, when you see like, you can see like all the little intricate details mm-hmm. in your eye. So. Cataracts mm-hmm. and all that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah cataracts. Yeah. They'll they be like, ooh, actually you have a problem. Uh, here's, a, here's a our doctor's right Click next call, door. Though. There's a whole thing going on there. Revolving door to the doctor. Uh, but they make these, these really nice portraits of your eye and it looks, um, trippy. it looks kind of very cosmic and trippy. Oh, yeah. yeah cool. So, and you can get them in different like, um, uh, Plate metal, or you can get oh. these kind of strange canvases, or like uh, mm. acrylic sort of stuff. So
3: that's interesting. I yeah. want to see that.
4: Yeah, it's. I must. Um, I must show you. I have a thing for her, but when I give it to yeah. her, I'll show you anyway. But yeah, it's. It's a really interesting looking.
3: Yeah. Um. I think I'm. Steam Deck is what's uh, what I want off Santa. Hmm. Uh, have you heard of Steam Deck, Tim? What's this? It's it's a portable gaming device. Basically. Oh, okay.
2: Does it run on Steam? It does. But okay, not really yeah, that would be so cool. I know my son he has Steam on his gaming computer. But.
3: Yeah, I thought you were going to say, "Is it Steam powered?" Uh, but no. <laughs> unfortunately, it's not. They, kind of they did that. Steam is punk. their that,
4: Did that used to be their little uh, tagline? Yeah, Steam it powered. Been. Yeah. It that's um, a good idea.
3: So yeah, it's basically Tim, like you called it. It, it runs your Steam library in a handheld gaming device. Um, they're Ooh, really cool. cool. They, they, yeah, they, they cool. released a they released a OLED version with a really nice bright screen recently. So uh, hopefully Santa brings that to me, you know. But uh, yeah, that'd be it. But experiences, I think, are the best. Shout. Mm. Um. So yeah, Tim, I think I think you're all right. With the the holiday is always a good one. I think because it's a memory, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh yeah. Well, while we're on presents, the next question from us is from Joseph on Discord. And he said, I'd love to know everyone's all-time favorite Christmas gift.
3: Yeah, we got this one too. The all-time Christmas gift for me was, there was one Christmas where I did really well. I don't know, the stars aligned and I got a Nintendo 64 and a, a mountain bike. In the same year, Nintendo
4: 64 and a mountain yeah. bike. I was like, what's going on? I didn't ask for a mountain bike.
3: I didn't ask for a mountain bike. That's pretty cool. But, you know, there's always a, a trick and a treat. So I got the mountain bike, but my ass fell off that mountain bike a lot of times before yeah. I learned how to ride it properly. So, you know, well, look. But I think that was, yeah, I did really well that year. It's a good year. Uh,
4: yeah. I remember when I was a, a really small kid, <clears throat> my sister's like two years younger than me. I asked for a train set. And my parents used to put the presents under the tree and like at the right side would be my sister's presents, the left side would be mine. But they had made this train set up in the middle and I was like, oh wow. And I kind of knew... I was quite young but I was still like this is like a little bit too young for me but still it's badass because yeah, yeah. the bridge went up and down like I was <laughs> that young you know so I was having a great time play with this It's like look what's that you got me my train set my mom was like no that's for your sister Aww, actually no. uh, and I think they had got me do you remember there used to be just red and blue like army men yeah, yeah. and a big base yeah. and I was like
3: uh, yeah but hang on there this supposed to be your best present and you're Just sorry I was saying truth. this is a,
4: a riff on that this is the present that right. I thought was my best present that was pulled untimely from me um,
3: like childhood trauma childhood
4: trauma best present best present probably um I just gave you an evil Rio figure like that was pretty awesome yeah that was pretty good I gave you a Michael Jackson figure <laughs> yeah. though so we're, we're doing yeah, good it. today I
3: have bought me a Michael Jackson action figure for Christmas <laughs> <laughs>
4: It's got a little stand, so you can make him do that thing where he leans forward. Um, mm. it, it doesn't look official now that I've bought, now that I see the packaging, but I saw it online; it looked official. Um, but uh, I, I'd say mine's probably not too dissimilar to Rob's. I got a super. I think maybe either the year I got a Game Boy when I was mm. seven, uh, cool. and Super Nintendo maybe when I was nine. But they they stand out.
2: What about your time? Well. <laughs> When I was a kid, I used to really like these. Uh, I, you, you guys are probably too young for them. They were called micronauts. They're little action figures, but you could kind of pull them apart and use all the different parts with uh, other things, cool. kind of like super cool. sci-fi Legos, you know? Oh, nice, stuff. nice. But, but, uh, I remember getting some of those that I really liked as a kid, but the one that really stands out in my head, and I still remember this clearly to this day, I'd asked for a BMX bike. So this is the seventies pre-mountain bikes. But I really, really wanted a BMX bike and I wanted like a real one because I used to sell these kind of cheesy imitation BMX bikes and just kind of, they were regular bikes that looked, but I, I was really like, you know, insistent to my yeah. parents. <laughs> I want a real BMX bike. You know? <laughs> and I remember because a couple of years before that, my brother had gotten like one of the fake ones. Mm. And I was like, no, no, I want to, I want to like a real BMX bike. Mm-hmm. And I went, I came down in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. It was like four in the morning and I saw my dad putting together a bike and I looked over and I swear it was one of those cheesy, like imitation ones. Oh, no. mm. And I got really disappointed. And I knew, and I knew like, okay, I have to still be psyched for this when I get up yeah, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I have to pretend to like it, you know? Yeah. So I go back upstairs and, and go back to sleep and. They wake, you know. I, usually, I would be early in the morning tearing open presents, but this—I was so like dreading having <laughs> to pretend to like this bike that I just, you know, laid in bed or whatever. Yeah. Finally, my parents came came and wake me up. You know, hell, oh, come on, don't you want to get up and open presents? Like, ah, all right, <laughs> I went down. Now I don't know if my dad pulled a trick on me <clears> or what, but there was like the real BMX bike was there—the one nice. you know, the, like the one I wanted—and I was like, what? Because I was so surprised, <laughs> and. I, you know, completely flipped out, and, and I mean, I, I rode the heck out of that bike, too. I mean, I had great times when that as a kid. It's
3: That's cool, awesome. isn't it, when you, like, back then, you know, when you're a child, and you just don't have any sort of disposable income, and you're basically relying on your parents to get you stuff. Ooh. Like, mm-hmm. how much you value that one gift is, like, oh, yeah, Because, like, I don't, I'm not big on the whole, and look, I'm, I'm a huge consumer, so I'm not going to sit here and try and say, like, oh, I'm against consumer culture and all that, because... I buy bunch of bunches of stuff all the time and I'm very much about that at Christmas I like buying people good gifts too but um I think there is something to be said for like you really do get value out of stuff when you're given at Christmas as a kid like I had my I don't know what it's like nowadays with kids I'm not sure how they are with things but like you know my N64 for example that year I got that like I played I played that so much like oh yeah and that's like it's good bang for a buck. I mean, I feel like nowadays you'd probably spend that amount and blast through it and be bored of it in a month or two, you know.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, there's just, I guess, when we were when we were younger, there wasn't really a lot to do. No. Like the, you know, you could. Go play with your friends Everything was in do black ever? and white as well Yeah, yeah, I remember I just came at the end of that What's this new thing? That's colour, son Enjoy No, black um Yeah, you know, like you'd read a lot Like I find it hard to read now Because I'm mm. so addled with all the flashing lights and everything That I'm I can turn on in an yeah. instant
3: I'm the same do, do you find that thing? Like we're reading And like do you still pick up a book?
2: I have to read for the flowered path. I, I have a very good relationship with this one publisher, Sophia Institute press, and they send me books constantly. Right. So I, I have, I would like, I, I'm not a huge video game guy, but I would pick up, you know, and, and play a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. but it's way down. Now yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I'm just reading, reading, reading all the time. So it's, it's kind of almost like I have to do it, but it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I've read more books in the past year than I have probably in the you know five years previous to it. it it must be really
4: interesting as well because i'd imagine a lot of like that's is that sort of like people talking about scripture or is it um
2: the actual scripture itself they're selling you or it's usually either like lives of the saint or like right. i interviewed a, uh, somebody about exorcisms this week yeah. and you know it's different things it's you know it's, it's something to do with the church usually but it's it's usually saints are usually somehow involved yeah that's great though like because you're you're so interested in that anyway
4: do you know yeah yeah yeah, oh yeah that's awesome and you're going to be getting so much more of that than you ever could from a documentary or you know like like a youtube documentary or something like that. like that the book's so much more density to it oh yeah
3: i'd love to be reading like in a sort of voracious way because like there's something really uh, cool when you get into a book and you're just like engrossed and you can't stop turning pages you know, but I find it very hard to get into that sort of zone nowadays, so I find I, I actually value nowadays books that are more broken up into digestible things, I don't know if you've ever read any books on NDEs, mm. Tim but um, when we were researching an episode I picked up a couple of NDE books and there's one like and I was just reading through it kind of at a leisurely pace and it was nice because it was just broken up into kind of digestible sections, you know
5: Hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But um, I think I have. Yeah, I have one here. This is an interesting one. We're going to be getting uh some sort of predictions here. So Tim, I will let you answer this one first. Um, Andrew Menz writes in, if you were visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, what would you expect to see?
2: Oh, geez.
3: Yeah. So.
2: Oh, so, so is this a, a corrective thing? or Are we going over our mistakes? Screw <laughs> stuff.
3: <laughs> uh, it could be because that's that's how it works, right? Isn't it? It's from the, the, is it a Christmas carol, is it? Is it? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And in the the, the ghost appears and or the yeah, it is a ghost and he shows the, ghost you of the
4: Christmas past, yeah. present, and future. Yeah. And how does it work in that? It shows you. I know that it shows him his. his I, I can't remember past exactly. I'm assuming it. I think like, it
2: was like showed him like he was happy as a child. Yeah, yeah. And then and then the, the sort of uh, the present was you know kind of showed him being scroogey. Yeah. And the future was like hey you know nobody likes you. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know? I think it showed like you know the wasn't the kid they were trying
4: to get a turkey for Christmas or something, and it, they were showing the other people, and then it it showed him when he was dead and like no one was bothered going to his funeral and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, I do think as a representation of the ghost of Christmas future in uh the Muppets Christmas Carol, I love the way they did the kind of Reaperish ghost of Christmas future.
2: Oh, did that? I love the Muppets Christmas Carol. It's a
4: great movie. It's a great, great yeah, movie. It's really good. Really good.
3: That's i not that much. I've probably seen that, but that line yeah, They do.
4: They do. They like. It just looks. It's Jim Henson's yeah. like Star Wars. Like it looks good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I,
2: it's funny. It's fun. I. It's just but it t- it sticks to the story but yeah. it's yeah, it's good it's yeah i really like it
3: so i don't know what would what would we reckon that oh geez i don't
2: know i have no clue uh, you know if 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 it's correcting me i'm sure it would show me uh <laughs> uh you know some some well i mean i did have a happy if if lonely childhood you know that's mm-hmm. that's why that bike was so good i grew up you know on the farm mm-hmm. with any other kids around my age and put that i could roll with that you know I yeah, could yeah. Put, yeah. put some miles on those wheels um You know, so I'm sure would you know maybe it would show me, uh, you know, discovering drawing and how much I like that, and then uh, probably my misspent uh, teenage years. I'm sure, like Mm -hmm. like 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 you could you did you could have you could have done you know blank blank and blank and he squandered them. the future I don't know let's, hopefully somebody's showing up at, at my funeral I don't know <laughs> <laughs> we'll go we'll make a, a triangular promise here where yeah, we'll all go I to each to other to, and right. whoever's
4: left last I'm sorry but <laughs> yeah. it is what it is yeah. to hire
2: some mourners <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, what do they call it Keeners Keeners uh, yeah. yeah yeah um, Yeah. no I think much the same as myself yeah if you're, if you're talking about negative stuff I suppose when I was a kid I was a bit of a shit and then yeah i i think all kids are maybe a bit of a shit there's probably some kids that were quite good and i would mean, say you were quite a good kid and mm, i, I, I don't know sh- i
4: don't think so i think not like that i was a bad kid i, think I was a regular enough kid but i think mm. a big part of growing up is actually learning empathy like like yeah. I, uh, people always say you know oh what if you turn into a psychopath and it's like no no that's your that's your baseline uh, like when you're a baby you're just a psychopath and you uh, have to unlearn psychopathy mm. so um <laughs> yeah. And I do think the older you get, I, th- I find one of the things for me is the older I get. Not so much that I have these massive regrets, but I do look back on things I did. And with the foresight that you have now kind of go, oh, I wish I had handled that differently. Or I wish I had done something slightly near either for me to to not to my advantage, but it would have been a more sensible move. Or you may have like hurt someone's feelings without meaning right. to something like that. And I'm sure I will look back on the age I am now in 10 years and be like, oof. Fucked up there, like you know, it's it's uh, yeah, and so I think that's my ghost of. I think everything for me is just feel feel guilt. A head full of tombstones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're,
3: you're, but, but you're, in general, you're quite good natured, though, I think. And you have less arsehole tendencies than I would, I think. So I think that weighs on your conscience a bit more. I think,
4: Yeah, I think maybe. I, I don't would, know. I, don't, I, I would
3: shoulder roll with being an arsehole a lot easier. Than yeah, you, but, you, but do, <laughs> you do, you do,
4: you do a lot of very kind things for people. I yeah, do, but I, I, I probably would shoulder do.
3: roll being an arsehole. You're quite okay with easily. it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I don't care. Hit I, me. I don't. you can't hurt me. If someone thinks I'm an asshole, I don't really mind. Like, that's, that's fine. Like, they, they can, they can think that. I think as well, I don't Ooh. know, Tim, actually, that, that's a good question while we're on this topic. Like, how do you feel about negative reviews? Because, like, it's something that when you put yourself out there, you know, no one wants to have to listen to that shite, right? But it's, right. it's kind of inevitable. Like, you can't really get away with it because there's always going to be someone that's going to want to target you for no reason. And I've seen... Lots of different, uh, I had to use the term content creator, but lots of content creators respond in different ways. I've seen some that will like publicly shame the person that reviewed them and they'll be like, here's a shit review and this person is an asshole. So, right, give us a good review because that person's an asshole, which I think is fine. And then I've seen other people who are like, they might get a bad review from, say, like a publication and they'll actually challenge that publicly and go, no, I don't agree with what you're saying. And I think what you're saying is you're slighting me because you're being a bit of an arse, which in, in, in the case that I'm talking about, and I won't name names or anything, but in the case I'm talking about, I think he was actually valid in doing that because it was kind of an unfounded criticism, right? Right. Okay. And I kind of came across like a public attack, like it's just a, um, a smear attack, a smear yeah. campaign. Right. Um, And then I suppose we kind of ignore it. So I wonder what way do you handle it then?
2: Yeah. Usually I ignore it. Yeah. Um, I, there's no, what are you going to do? You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I don't allow YouTube comments on strange familiars because we have guests and you know, a lot of times these people are telling stories that are very personal mm-hmm. and you have to, sometimes you really have to convince them like, no, it'll be okay to come on, come on tell your story and mm-hmm. like, Oh, they'll recognize my voice. And so I just yeah. don't want people just being like, Oh, I, you know, this person's full of it or whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know? I just, they don't, they don't need to see that. So I just don't, don't allow them. But of course, you know, podcast gets plenty of positive and negative comments and in general, yeah, the negative ones I, I, I try not to even read. Um, It's just, I don't know. Even i I, thinking back to music when I was doing music, I would not read any reviews because a good review would kind of almost embarrass me in a way (laughs) and a bad review would would, would irritate me. So, you know, I did I did get a couple like really well thought bad reviews that I remember reading and going oh okay I see their point. You know it didn't upset me. I was like oh, yeah I can see that. You know what I mean constructive
3: so, criticism
2: maybe. Yeah, yeah, as long as it's kind of like not done out of cruelty and not done yeah. like you know done in a, in a genuinely constructive way, it's, it's a lot easier to to go okay, I can I can actually yeah. see that. Cuz I think funny. a lot of times When you're
4: taking criticism, it's either coming from someone who's isolated into one point that hyper focuses on some aspect of their life or their belief, where you probably didn't even really consider it much. And so part of it is you have to recognize what's someone's ego getting really big and annoyed and kind of looking to to even the the, the odds or whatever. And what is someone who's actually going, oh, man, the sound quality is just a slight bit off, like, and which you're kind of like, oh, yeah, well, let's fix that. That will make the whole thing better. Whereas if you're to cater to every criticism, um, you'll probably dilute. I don't want to say your product, but the thing that you do, the kind Mm -hmm. of creativity behind it, and then or the the fluidity, even in some cases behind it, and you'll spoil something that works for everybody else because you know one person didn't like a certain way that you thought about something or spoke about something. Trying
3: to dance to the beat of their drum. And I think
4: as well, what's really difficult with doing, especially with the amount of stuff we put out, like half the stuff I say, I don't really believe. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You're just kind of having fun and joking around a bit. I know for Tim, for you, it's probably slightly different because it's, a, it's a more serious podcast in mm-hmm. tone. Um, like we did one recently where we had to be a bit more thoughtful. We were talking about kind of the riots in Dublin and uh, our perspective on it. Um, and I think that one, like, I don't think I could do that podcast every week because no. it, you had, I was so, it was such a tightrope, even just in the whole country right now. It's such a, a, contentious, uh, issue, uh, contentious right? issue yeah it's a uh, yeah so yeah so and I, I think the more you deal with things like that there's a podcast I listen to it's like an Irish uh, politics podcast and and a lot of time I don't agree with the two people that are talking our views would be quite different mm. Um, but I enjoy listening to it and kind of keeping up to date with certain things and hearing their points of view but that criticism then would just be me telling someone who has a different view on life that their view isn't correct and that criticism seems invalid does that make sense yeah yeah, oh yeah, totally. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of the time I think that's what upsets a lot of people that make content is like mm. if you're getting a really barbed review that is like clearly like you said, hyper focused on one thing, but it's also just trying to hurt you kinda of like yeah. You're like, oh yeah, okay, well that's dumb. Like it's funny, like our audio quality is atrocious most of the time. I make up what I'm doing when I'm editing these episodes, like I do it on a job. I haven't had one bad review about that, but yeah. you'd have bad reviews about silly crap. That it's just cause you take someone off, Ron, cause you say something that yeah. they don't agree with. Uh, now we haven't had many. But we've been very fortunate. We've yeah. had, we
4: got in trouble that time. You told the story about your cat <laughs> getting into the dryer by mistake. And yeah. someone was like, animal <laughs> cruelty is never funny. And you were like, but the fucking vet laughed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> <You> yeah
3: <normally. laughs> so the story was Tim that. Uh, I'm, actually, I'm
4: not
2: laughing at the cruelty. I'm
4: laughing. No, there was no cruelty. It's actually it's a quite funny story. If you're not, even the cat survived first of all. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. Takes, there you, go. you yeah. know, it's okay.
3: It was it was actually around Christmas, and that was kind of uh, part of the chaos. Was that uh, I was up uh, and my mom was putting together like a TV stand or something for getting ready for Christmas, and um, my mom like my mom put on the dryer. I could hear the clothes dryer going, but I could hear like this like dump dump in the dryer and I was like that doesn't sound right at all like do you know what it sounded like if you put like shoes in the washing machine right. you know that kind yeah. of thing yeah. yeah and I was like what is that and then I shouted me and I said Matt open that dryer There is not right like and so my mom opened the dryer and the cat came out. Now the cat had oh. a par- the cat had like a parm from the heat of the dryer. <laughs> was like, he dizzy? Yeah, it looked like something of like um, you know, some 80s hair metal band, right? Poison or something. And a uh, wasp. wasp. <laughs> <laughs> and so him alive. And so the poor cat ran upstairs and look, it was fine. But what happened was my ma was like super concerned and she rang the vet. And the vet like <laughs> the vet my mom was like the cat was in the dryer and the, the vet was like, How long? And my mom was like, Oh, I dunno, like a couple of minutes and the vet rang up our local radio station. <laughs> to talk to the radio host about getting this call about a cat in the dryer because he <laughs> thought it was so funny because he was kind of in a position where he was trying to figure out how long was it okay for a cat <laughs> to be in the dryer you know and uh, ultimately the cat was fine it didn't yeah, even yeah. need to Good. go to bed. Yeah, like, you see, that's so the important all's well that ends fine. well
2: do you know what yeah. I mean and um, no one did it on purpose it was an accident exactly. exactly and it is funny that a
4: vet after his training of trying to make sure animals <laughs> are healthy and safe has to go how long is too long yeah. what's the <laughs> medical okay amount of time to, for a cat to be in a dryer
3: yeah because they love yeah. climbing in there like you know, cats yeah. like they'll get in if there's. see those like especially in a dryer because they'll get they'll see all the clothes sometimes the clothes might be just warm and nice mm. in there they'll get in or whatever and they'll, a lot of the time the dryer might be finished so they'll get in when the clothes are ready
4: to go yeah and they just look like an old woolly fleece yeah you press the button and yeah. that's, it, yeah. but that's it but that's it the person was like animal uh, getting hurt is never funny and it was like well well that uh, story I know, is kind of funny kind of, I mean,
3: you kind of have to find that story funny because yeah. it's not like it's not some bleak outcome is, it that,
4: is that still Chonky like Chonky's still, yeah, well, still alive he's
3: still alive she's like he, he or she's like I don't know 12 <laughs> like you could like you know maybe it did a gun a gun reversed a few years maybe he's like back to the future spinning around and it kind of something he went at 88 <laughs> miles per hour in that dryer yeah. and it's a black cat as well so it's got a spooky element mm-hmm. to it you know what I mean uh, Tim, I'll let you take the next question.
2: All right, favorite Yule lad or Christmas cryptid? Oh, the that's Yule lad. from Tib on Discord. Mm. The
4: Yule lad. Um, I like the one that licks your spoons. We did. Yeah, you, did. you guys Not did a show on that, we didn't you? Did, yeah, what? the Yule no,
3: lad. We, we we did it together, Tim. That was. We did
4: that
2: well.
3: Oh, Alison. we did. That's yeah. right.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord. We did do it together. I think,
3: yeah. I think, I think this was last Christmas we did that. I think so.
4: I think you're right. Yeah. One of the patrons, I did a song for him about the 12 you laddies. Yeah. Yeah. Um
3: I can't remember any of them. So my answer is whatever I yeah. am says. They all did, lo- yeah. They all did loads <laughs> of
4: bizarre things. Like this lad, you know, gets under the sink and does that. I don't think that was one of them. But mm-hmm. the, one, the one that stuck out to me was he just licks the spoons. Right. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do little, like they're, they don't do anything too. It's kind of mischievous. It's not. You know, they don't break out of a mental asylum in a Santa suit and try to murder your entire family, kind of a things, which is nice.
3: Yeah. Um, sorry to. So yeah, what do you got him?
2: I'll, I'll go with the uh, He's our local uh, Christmas cryptid guy. Uh, it's a very, very rare surviving wild man tradition that came from Europe to to America. So he's he's basically a a, a Christmas wild man, kind of like Krampus and and those guys, but he's uh, he's ours. He's he's a comes from the mountains, bangs on the side of houses, howls and screams and stuff. Uh, you know, has, I did a whole show on it. Very very similar to Bigfoot in the way Belsnickel acts.
3: We need to do him next year because I I kind of felt like we had run out of Christmas themed topics to do, but we haven't done Belsnickel. So, uh, oh, I, I'd
2: love to do that with you. Let yeah, cool. I'll,
3: yeah, we'll do yeah. that for next year. Sure, absolutely. Mm. Um, um, one, yeah, for me, listen, I'm going to be a bit more contemporary. Bit more modern. I I actually like the Elf on a Shelf phenomenon. Okay. Like the Elf on a Shelf, like Tim, is Elf on a Shelf a thing over there?
4: Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they created, like, Elf on a Shelf was an American thing that came. I I could be wrong about that, but I I thought so.
3: Yeah, I, I, I like it because. It's, uh, it's fun. I just like the humor of the whole thing yeah. because it's gone insane. Now where, like, parents are using it as like a, <laughs> like a 1984 big brother <laughs> monitoring <laughs> <laughs> tool <laughs> where it's like, but kids like, like, um, my girlfriend's a teacher for primary school and she currently, she's teaching, um, kids that are around six or seven, but they do Elf on a shelf in school. Like, yeah. but like Kara was telling me, like these kids are fucking rootless with Elf on a shelf. Like, like there was one kid she said, right? It's cute out. He said, um, it was So they have to line up before they go into school. Like, they get in at, like, 9 o'clock or whatever. So they have to be outside the school at, like, 8.50, mm-hmm. right? So they're all lining up at 8.50. And so they'll on a the shelf is supposed to move every time you wake up or yeah. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 8.50, one of the kids in the line with all of them says, Oh, I need to go into the bathroom. I need to use the toilet. When he goes into the toilet, now keep in mind he's only 6 or 7, <laughs> the little fucker goes into the classroom takes a look at Elf on shelf. Kira hasn't been into the class yet today because she hasn't gotten into school. Yeah, yeah. He clocks that shelf was in the same spot that it was in the day before. He goes back out and tells all the kids in line that shelf <laughs> hasn't moved, <laughs> so there's something going on. So, like, I like the creativity, yeah, yeah, um, that can be done with shelf. Like, yeah. I think it is. Like, I know a lot of people are just like, oh, it's dumb, whatever." But I, I think it's a fun. You can thing be very creative with this.
4: Yeah, my boss had a really good one. He was telling me the other day that. Uh, he is a kid that's quite young Like seven mm-hmm. or eight And then his daughters are sort of teenagers Or yeah Then the teenagers mm-hmm. Like late teenagers to mid-teenagers And he was saying that They had two elves this year So they mm-hmm. had a girl elf and a boy elf mm-hmm. And they were getting very um Two of the girls were really getting into it mm-hmm. So they were doing the elves going on dates And blah 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 oh, He said one of his daughters is a tomboy So the other two girls were out And and they were like They weren't going to be able to do it that night So he said Oh will you do this And she was like Yeah grand So she got like this big Jeep. And now keeping in mind, it's been... You know, eighteen days of this love story between these elves, mm-hmm. and she got a Barbie and just like it had a skirt, so she tore the side of the skirt. She just made it look like super sexy Barbie, <laughs> and she put it in the big jeep with the elf and like, so she was all like hot. And then the other girl elf had her head in the hands on the couch <laughs> like she was crying, and she. So the kid came in. He's like, "What's happening with the elves?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he's learning about life.
4: What do you think about I that?
2: Like a little. Him. Saw a little meme or a short video Mm -hmm. and it was it was from someone in Ireland Mm -hmm. and they were talking about elf in the shelf and it says, you know, our ancestors for hundreds of years told us, you know, not to bring these things in the house and here you all are are letting elves (laughs) in
5: voluntarily.
2: (laughs) The fae, uh,
4: yeah, I was just doing on the plate and it's just different <laughs> plates every, every week or every day. That's
3: cool. Like it's a, uh, I think I like stuff like that where you're
4: interacting with your kid and using a bit of
3: creativity mm, and you're getting funny. their mind firing as well a little bit. Do yeah. I, do I approve of it so much where it's like some kind of big brother monitoring system where it's like, if you're bald, I'll punish a yeah. I, and-
4: I love that the memes that are coming through. Like I saw a great one the other day. This might mean anything to yourself, Tim, but there was like a famous person in Wexford.
3: This one mean anything to do that, anyone. Anyone, anyone, yeah. You know, the, the Curly Wurly. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. yeah there's, So there's like, I love when there's like, El, you've heard of Elf on a Shelf, but have you heard of Maggie yeah. Hurley on the Curly Wurly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had like these pictures. Curly Wurly, very Irish-centric chocolate yeah, bar. Yeah. And Maggie Hurley, a very Wen- <laughs> Wexford-centric B- person. No one
3: is going to get that reference. I said, but I <laughs> mean, but it's know. a good, it's it's just, <laughs> it's just a rhyme. You can write anything, you know?
4: <laughs> you've heard of Elf on the Shelf. What about Street Fighter on the shit shiter, shiter you know? yeah, yeah the <laughs> meme is just the video game on the toilet you know yeah. something like that
3: um no they're, they're, they're cool um i think yeah i like that one i think that's quite cool um i think that's like a modern folklore right there Elf on a shelf it's going to be like it's oh. like modern
4: have there been folk. any any strange like stories about it that anyone's aware of like I, i'm not
2: but someone saying i'm like, sure somewhere on reddit there's got some it. good ones when yeah. you like so
3: this is how it starts right it's become like really mainstream to self-honest yeah. how long would we say it's been a thing like properly where everyone's doing it like maybe 20 years not even yeah, yeah. not so even I not 10, 10, 10 yeah, not yeah. Even at 10, i would yeah. guess yeah. 10 to 15 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like i think so so when you have the kids that get to our age that grew up with that that's when you're going to start getting the horror movies. That's mm. when you're going to start getting the, the, yeah. the creepy yeah. pastas. Yeah. That's when you're oh, going yeah. to start getting all of that cool shit that comes from Elf on a Shelf. Not to mention, there's a whole, like, psychological aspect that they, these kids will be dealing with of basically having something monitoring them in their house. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that might actually breed some kind of uh fiction as well in the future where it's, like, this kind of weird thing that they have to... Like, it's pretty crazy because, like... You know when I don't know about your parents' Tim, or or yours, I Emin, mean, but like you were always trying to be good at like as soon as you handed in your Christmas list, you were trying to behave yourself, You're right? Trying to push it down. You were trying, You're to, trying be, to keep the you badness down. Trying to down. Be good, right? But these kids, these poor kids, have to deal with something that's constantly watching them, yeah. even when they're in their own room. <laughs> and like that's that's what I'm saying is like yeah. they're using it like a complete nanny thing. And like I remember myself. Like if I fucked up, if I messed up over Christmas, like if I was being a little shit or anything, oh, you're dad. Like you're I'd like- no, no, but I catch myself, and I'd be like in the bed at night, on my own, going, Jess, I hope I get me Christmas presents. Like I've mm. been a right little arseholder today. <laughs> I ho- hopefully Santa didn't see that. Like, but now these kids have to deal with. Oh yeah, well, they will finish. i definitely seen this. So he's watching. Again, like, you know,
4: and you know some poor kids are going to be extra, like, worried about it. Like, the elf is in my mind. You can see my dark thoughts, you know, just like Catholic churched out the door. You know, with the, the Irish style, of course.
3: It's <laughs> pretty insane. Yeah, I think um there's definitely going to be a lot of complexes. Actually, that'd be a fun one for our listeners and for Tim's listeners. If anyone has any kind of uh, creative elf and shell stuff to do with the mm. kids, it'd be quite funny to hear people's... uh sort of stories good, on yeah. Elf on a Shelf and on how to do it. Because again, it's one of those things it's only limited by your creativity, right? Mm. Where you can do really cool stuff with Elf on a Shelf and yeah. have to crack with elf. The elf doesn't
4: have to
2: be on the shelf, you know? Mm. Keep it going. Discard. Someone shared a a painting in the Strange Familiars Discord of um it was a uh, Krampus and he had he had obviously attacked Santa. Santa's crawling away from him through the snow. There's a big blood streak. It's very well done painting. Mm. Uh and i looked at that and i said yeah but santa would just take out Krampus in no time and you just have to do a thought experiment all santa would have to do is use one percent of the speed he requires to (laughs) visit every house (laughs) one percent of the speed and i believe he might be cookie powered so i'm Uh imagining santa eats a cookie to you know get the calories and just one percent of that speed and he punches the whole written Krampus. That's that's I the idea. I think you're right. It's like the flash. Yeah, it does it does it's one thing that
4: has never added up about Santa Claus is his weight. I guess he has a year of eating, so mm-hmm. maybe by the time, you know, he's finished doing all the presents he's like ninety pounds mm-hmm. and then he just sort of builds it up over the year, kind of a hibernation. No, she can't eat when you're hibernating, you just eat. Gorge.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Speaking of Krampus, Simon Cavill asks, good old Simon, he says, Krampus, cryptid, Antrom- Krampus cryptid, is he a cryptid, an anthropomorphic personification person- of the dark half of Santa, or is he just a metaphor for the glorification of capitalism at Christmas time? He says, Merry Christmas, lads. Looking forward to seeing you at Loch Ness in 2024. We're going to Loch Ness in 2024, Tim. We're doing oh, cool. A, we're doing a meet up in Loch Ness. Um, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what you reckon? Like, is 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 Krampus kind of like a a, a counter attack to the sort of the message of Santa? Was he born out of that? Does he pre-exist Santa? He obviously doesn't, right? I don't so think he does.
2: I I have a massive chapter on wild men and Christmas in Where the Footprints End. Lovely. And it's I can talk. I, we could spend two shows on this, so <laughs> oh, I'll try to keep it brief. Right. He, it's a it's a folklore creature it's as much as a cryptid as any of these folklore creatures are it comes from the wild man tradition so i would say yes it's a, it started out as what we would call a cryptid today mm-hmm. and then it, it turned you know the folklore got a hold of it and and uh sort of uh took it from there
3: and do you think that it is something to do with like a counter message to the capitalism i don't think so right because was, nah, christmas nah. wasn't really super capitalistic at the time right and, and yeah i
2: mean look at these folklore things they were always like going to get you right true. <laughs> yeah like, they were they were to keep kids in line a lot of times so, yeah you know, don't walk to the forest at night this just happened to be a christmas one they yeah they the elf
3: be... on the shelf before elf on the shelf yeah yeah there sure. we go yeah. that they were the, the and that's that's something that we ran across in the early days of the podcast when we were doing research on um, cryptids in, say, Africa and cryptids in, in in all the continents, really. One of the common denominators seemed to be that all of these countries had scary-as-fuck jung- jungles mm. where they were trying to warn kids to not go out into yes. the jungle at Predators night, basically, there, yeah. you know? Um, mm. And it would have been very hostile and, and mm. crazy places. And then maybe, if you look at, say, maybe... America, especially Ireland and the UK, like Ireland and the UK wouldn't have had um really dangerous consequences to wandering off at night. You might come across an old badger or something, but you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get eaten by lions. So maybe that's why our folklore and urban legends and things became more relatable in a sort of um. Modern sense where you're like, they're not these big monsters that are gonna savage you, but they're things that give you real world consequences, like you're not gonna get presents or you're gonna have some bad time, but it's not as lethal, you know, that kind of yeah, way. yeah.
4: Could be. Could be. Mm-hmm. I do like it. I do like the idea of a uh, um an anthropomorphized version of santa's dark half like a kind of just an evil Evil version of him that he split himself into had to get rid of like his darkness in order to be benevolent enough to gift all the children at christmas that's kind of a a fun idea
2: well santa is a wild man he has been saccharine by Mm coca-cola and yes and you know he's this this uh jolly old elf now but he was uh Formidable, you know, in, in okay. the past. You know, Belsnickel is one aspect of him. These, he was part of the wild man tradition. So, you know, he's got a, a, a pretty pretty serious past, past himself. Oh, that's awesome.
3: Right then, Tim. It's your turn, I think, right?
2: All right. So this is specifically for you guys. This is from Luke from Patreon. Yeah. And he's asking, is there a Skinwalker or Wendigo equivalent in Ireland? And does Ireland have a Krampus of its own or something to that effect? I think it's not quite the same uh we do have
4: changelings Mm. but all of our stuff is kind of more fae related so the idea of a change is very and this actually this is an interesting one to do actually because it kind of hits on the skinwalkers and the wendigo so there's a case in ireland that happened in the 1800s i believe where uh a guy thought that his wife had been taken by the fairies and an, an exact one. Oh, I replica. know this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this is very similar. Um, we used it as an example of Wendigo psychosis, which was where mm-hmm. people might think they were a Wendigo. There was some sort of weird psychosis thing. Like maybe if you had resorted to cannibalism and your mind was quite fragile at the time based, you know, cause that's an obviously a terrible time to go through. And, um, right. so yeah. So, so, so there's other ones in, in that where, um, it's it's yeah, in Ireland it's more someone doing like replicating someone that you care about, but it's not them. They've stolen them to the We do have a when to go on
3: So we did we did an episode about it uh a long long time not that long ago, called The Hungry Grass. Oh, yeah, I forgot about The Hungry Grass. So The Hungry Grass was like, I just have the notes up, I just pulled them up here as a, as a kind of a refresher. But in, in Irish mythology, yeah, The Hungry Grass, which was known as the Far Gartagh in Irish, um, is basically a cursed patch of grass. Um, and The Hungry Grass, there was other ideas where it was. Um, it was basically a phantom... The uh, of a hung, of a fandom of hunger that resembled an emaciated human. That was kind of what they were saying. Um, and basically you could say that's a Wendigo, right? A lot of Wendigo yeah, stuff was kind of similar. about cannibalism and all that. And if you look at the Irish famine, there was a lot of ties between that and then the famine that would have hit, like, say, First Nation tribes and mm. also settlers in America, right, where they couldn't yeah, grow yeah. food. Um, I think in the early days of like American settlers, like they relied on. First Nation tribes to show them how to grow the crops that were suited to the soil in America, right? So they showed them how to grow pumpkins, showed them how to grow things that were more native to, like, for example, tomatoes, as you would call them, we would say tomatoes are, are native to America. Hmm. Um, They're not, which is really funny because, like, you would associate those with Italy, right? Mm, so you would think, yeah, like, yeah, they're, they're an Italian thing. But the Italians have only been cooking with tomatoes for as long as they've Gotten to America, so <laughs> they found the plants over there. They brought them back home. Mm. Same as potatoes, Ireland didn't I have potatoes. From, yeah,
4: Walter Raleigh brought them from Peru or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Walter Raleigh
3: brought them over, and and he introduced them to Ireland. And mm. then the reason they became so popular in Ireland was because the peasants didn't have a lot of space to grow food because the English took all the good farming land. So Irish people had little, very small plots that were outside the back of their 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 houses or whatever, their shacks basically. Mm and you know potatoes grow quite well and they proliferate quite good and you get a Mm. good good yield from from a small amount of land so that's why um the use of potato became so widespread in Ireland was it was just because it it was um easy it was cheap and then that's why we were so affected then when the blight hit like a lot of people say why didn't they just eat a different type of food you know why did this happen but the reality of it was that all of our crops that we grew that were different were basically being shipped off to the UK because, uh, UK landowners like UK the UK basically owned our land, so we were ruled by them, and they would say, they would dictate what we could keep versus what we sent over there, mm. and so all of our good crops were sent to there, uh, while we were starving. Uh, and even funnily enough, well, it's not funny; it's tragically enough. Like th- there was times in history where the Irish were sent. Aid by different countries and the UK blocked it. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, "Nah, the, the yeah. lads don't need that actually." So sorry, son. yeah. But I, I don't know if you know this, Tim. But um, it was actually there was a First Nations tribe that sent um the Irish money at the time. And so in Cork, I think it is here in Ireland. There's actually a, a monument to oh. that tribe. I can't remember what tribe it is. It escapes me. It might be the Iroquois or something like that. What year was it? It w- it would have been a famine time, so you're talking like 1850s or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. Um, okay. but um it's really cool. It's a really cool monument actually. Um I'll try to find the name of it here for you. It's yeah, Kindred Spirits is the name of the monument. And it's a large stainless steel outdoor sculpture and it's in Middleton, County Cork. But yeah, it's it's the Choctaw. The Choctaw were the tribe that sent stuff over. Okay. Um because they felt like that they had um, sort of gone down the same path. They sent over $5,000. Um, I don't know whether that was at the time or not, but yeah, very nice gesture. So, but yeah, oh, yeah, there was a digression there, but yeah, basically we do have between the Wendigo, there, there are a lot of similarities. So if he's interested, he can check out the hungry grass episode we did. Um, it's a, it's a weird one. I kind of forget about it because it's not really a cryptid as such, but it's more like an Irish folklore thing um and he'll get a lot of answers there. What what else did he ask him?
2: Uh do, do you have a Krampus equivalent?
3: No. Uh we I think Christmas here is very much the standard Christmas that everyone yeah, has. Yeah. Like I don't think
4: we would have had a lot of I, we pro, we possibly do back from the pagan days, uh, but nothing that's really made its way into no
2: you know regular culture if you like no i'd be surprised if there wasn't somewhere back in yeah, time some I'd sort imagine of like christmas so. wild man tradition or something like yeah. that but it definitely yeah. Well, we were so
4: steeped in various demons and fey people mm. and element mm-hmm. elemental beings and stuff from from the pagan days there must be something yeah i'm just i'm not familiar with it myself
1: yeah yeah
3: yeah, yeah that, that that was a good question though yeah because uh, there are I don't know. You've probably come across it yourself, Tim. There's definitely a lot of similarities in, in places where, if 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 there's famine or if people are starving or hungry, there seems to be a lot of folklore around like don't eat Stop people, eating people, yeah, because no, eating people yeah. is is bad and and will have consequences. And I, it actually could come from the fact that it legitimately is dangerous to eat people. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not. No, yeah, it's sure. not as safe yeah. as eating other animals. Like I'm yeah. sure if, you can get the,
2: the prions or whatever. The, the, yeah. The, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And I'm wondering, is that, is, is that what it is? Um, uh, Freddy Terrible asks, uh, what's your opinions on Christmas gonks? He says, not the Wexford one. <laughs> and would you consider them cryptids based on their Scandinavian folklore sightings or nah? What do you think, Tim?
2: Uh, I have to look this up. Christmas gonks.
3: Yeah. See, gonks, we invented gonks, but now kind of gonks like are
2: Gnomes sort of
4: gonks, oh, okay. similar, gonks yeah. were
3: a thing that. No one knew anything about we do an episode about a gonk. There's a lad in Wexford who's on a Wexford crypt. It's called the gonk. And we started doing episodes about the gonk. And then all of a sudden, in the last two or three years, gonks are in all the shops. Now, (laughs) I'm not accepting any credit for it. We definitely didn't do anything. But it's just super weird that... Like, I had never seen the word gonk anywhere
2: except no, in reference I. to I didn't, from yeah, Oh my gosh, there's a ton of hits for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs>
4: it, makes, it makes perfect sense that his nickname was the gonk yeah. when, like, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, he looks like one of those. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, until we've done that episode. Now, that could be a, that your brain not really thinking. But I haven't seen as many no. gonks. No, no, no that doesn't make sense. You know, no, we would have known it with no, that guy. They're yeah. everywhere now. now. It
3: seems like it's only in the last two or three years. Like, gonks are just,
4: like, everywhere. Yeah, we're starting to think we're manifesting really? Reality with this podcast. Yeah. I mean,
2: you know, uh, you know, <laughs> I, think it can happen.
4: I
3: Tim, mm. I was, I'm not joking, right? I was given out about dogs off lead mm. the week, the day before that. Me and Leia my golden retriever, were attacked by a pit bull Like, if you listen to the episode, it's a mini from like two weeks ago. I literally go on a rant about off lead dogs and how like it's gonna there's gonna be accidents, blah 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 literally the next day is when my dog and myself were attacked by a pit bull like and i was like this is just bizarre <laughs> like i was <Yeah>.
2: like <laughs> Ursula was bitten by one uh, like maybe a month or two before for you really yeah we had, yeah we had to track down the owner and you know make sure it had shots and everything i'd say you it was know. traumatic it, for her was it no she was really good-natured about it she just kept saying oh he was cute and i'm like okay but <laughs> did you know we still need to figure out what's going on with this animal did
3: she lock onto her no
2: the dog. Uh no, it just kind of it broke the skin but it just kind of kind of nipped her. It was a um it wasn't a pitbull, it was a uh staff. No, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think what it was. Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll remember but uh it was another kind of big big dog like that. Yeah. Um no, but this uh, was, this was you know,
3: bad shit. Now what we got in, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, you, well your dog got hurt. I saw the pictures.
3: Uh yeah, well she nearly died so so basically <clears> it was it was fully locked onto her for like two minutes.
2: Oh jeez. And,
3: and then it bit me as well uh a couple of times on my hands. And um yeah, she nearly died. Like she, she in the vets, like like they actually seemed to her pretty quick and they were like, Oh, we think she can actually get out today and I was like, All right, okay, happy days. But then they rang me back like an hour later and they were like, she's had, she's really bad swelling around her neck and she's having real difficulty breathing. And then ah. the next day when I went into him, the vet, like he had a good poker face on the phone, but he was like, no, you're, he was like the dog nearly died. Like it went, and I don't even know how this works or how he's able to even spot it, but he was like, your dog went blue. Like it was, it was <laughs> really in a bad way. Uh-huh. So they had to like intervene. It was an emergency basically for the dog. But, yeah, so she's she she's lucky that it wasn't that bad for yourself and all that, you know, because it can be quite catastrophic. Dolls bites.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's we had an inc- another incident, did not a bite, but a sort of a repeat incident with a pit. was too long to get into. I'll tell you about it sometime though. Yeah. It ended with me visiting the owner. Yeah. <laughs> they. They, uh, they would not come to the door. <laughs> <I was laughs> no. Very mad. Very, very mad. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Um, so I think the, the cryptids and whether they're whether they are cryptids, I'm not quite sure because we haven't done an episode, a proper episode on them. Mm. So I need to actually answer Freddie Terrible's question. We need to do a proper episode on gonks that is not about the Wexford gonk and actually about Actual, actual gunks. gunks, yeah.
2: So yeah, I mean, yeah. My, my opinion with, with you know folklore and what we call cryptids are so tied together in my yeah, mind yeah, okay, that okay. that it, it's hard to separate. Like at what point? I I really truly believe our ancestors were seeing these things, and that just became folklore over time. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, yeah. it, it's whispering down the lane. It changes a little bit, it gets exaggerated, et cetera, et cetera. But that, you know, they're really talking about the same things. Mm-hmm. So. You know, when does folklore jump over and become a cryptid? And are any cryptids really a breeding population of things? The, the longer I'm into this, the less I think there's any breeding yeah, population. Of I think there's like a,
4: a perception maybe that that our ancestors had that we don't really have anymore. We partially have, or sometimes you have it, or some people have it. But yeah, yeah like, I probably subscribe a little bit. to Because I know there were, there were some studies on scientifically, if you're, say, a sniper out in the field um they could sort of tell when the scope was on them you know more yeah. than what you would would say was just um uh, coincidental and mm-hmm. the idea is that you would see that maybe with animals a kind of a s- extrasensory thing mm-hmm. where they know if something's looking at them which would make sense they would need mm-hmm. it for predation you know mm-hmm. um so uh, yeah i i do think maybe when we were more linked with nature we 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 maybe had access to these things, or we could see more of that that world. Because even when you think about like Plato and the cave and the idea that we're looking at shadows cast mm-hmm. by reality, I mean, for people to be thinking about stuff like that before Christ is, yeah. do you know, yeah. I don't know. I think we probably did. We're a different type of being, maybe.
3: No, we. It's uh, a <laughs> it's an angle that we've attacked on the pod as well. Like right at the start and stuff. It, it was kind of a. It was, I suppose it was a, it was always a compelling footnote to put in at the end of an episode where, you know, we did walk alongside giant birds that represent, that looked like dinosaurs in Australia. You know, humans walked alongside creatures that weren't far removed from what you would call a dinosaur. Mm. Um, um w- Those episodes of ours are like, they're called like Mean Pleistocene. They're super old episodes. But like that, that was the whole focus of those episodes was... Basically, you know, humans walk alongside giant armadillos that were so big that they used to spend the night in their shell when they were out hunting. So they'd, they'd kill these animals and they would basically leave the shell. The shell was like a big-ass dome. Think about like a Super Mario shell, like one of those looking kind of things, except mm-hmm. it was really big. They could use that as like an overnight shelter when they were out hunting. Um, And these animals like these were legitimate animals like humans walked alongside huge sloths that were like massive like bigger than bears mm. Um and yeah and then you have of course Gigantopithecus which is like what people would always say is like people call that up I mean there's, I think it was Rogan was always kind of saying that that's what a Bigfoot might be yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. I think even I think with Gigantopithecus I think there is even a lot less evidence that maybe man was alongside it I think you kind of have to kind of go in a weird kind of way it's like mm. Um, yeah but they all existed right and so there was definitely a point in time where human or human ancestors were sitting around a campfire and they were saying did you see that crazy shit in the woods last night like and and that was and that was that was probably passed down and And not only was the oral tradition passed down but like you would have to imagine. I don't like no. No one really knows how it works, but you have to imagine that that is kind of hard coded into our DNA. Well, yeah, of I all think this
4: crazy yeah, shit the way we inherit this. DNA. Yes, yeah, so it's like why kids are afraid of snakes and spiders. Yeah. They're venomous, sharp teeth. The dark. Why is everyone afraid of the dark? Well, because that's when the cat yeah, go for your yeah. jugular. Like yeah. you, you, you can't see as well in the dark. You're much more vulnerable. So all these things, uh, from an evolutionary perspective, probably make sense.
3: Yeah. So. It's it's fascinating stuff. I think so. Any cryptid, like if you go back far enough, there generally is, unless you're getting into like the batshit cryptids, like batsquatch.
4: I was about to say yeah. When you said batshit, I was like, yeah, it's yeah. got to be batsquatch. Like, like yeah. when
3: you're getting into those type of cryptids, yeah, that's when you're getting into like, okay, lads, maybe there's been a, a there's a bit of creative liberty going on here, <laughs> but. A if lot you, of if
2: you go bad are... squash hunting, you need a, like a very, very, uh, extra strong umbrella. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Titanium umbrella, <laughs> carbon fiber. Um, <laughs> but no, you do, you do like, you, you can understand where they come from. And then I suppose you have to kind of find out and establish was it a thing where, yeah, it is a, a pass down thing or is there a legitimate risk of them still being around. I mean, if you're talking about gonks, like, there there's a lot of, it's a real life cryptid but it's a real life thing, is like there are people out there who think that there's still a population of um smaller not even Homo sapien, like Homo floriensis or something they're mm-hmm. called, or florensis, I can't remember the exact name, but basically, Tim, they're like smaller than pygmies or around the size of pygmies
2: yeah yeah they call them the hobbits yeah yeah the the thing about that is that of all those sort of like hairy things that are out there to me that has the most chance of there actually being a a real breeding population of those yeah Yeah, yeah. out there because Papua Um, New
3: Guinea is so remote and I think that's where I think that they are and like Papua New Guinea is also home to a lot of the cryptids but Mm. it's very remote, in Papua New Guinea, like it's it's very wild. So it's it's almost like kind of some of the parts of the Congo where people just don't go because there's no real need or wants to go there. So it's not mm. you know it's just not viable for people. Yeah. Have you got another question, Tim?
2: Yeah. This is uh. So what's everyone's favorite Christmas horror movie from eighty slashers like Silent Night, Deadly Night, to modern ones like Rare Exports Holiday Horror? Is the best. That's from Corey on Patreon.
3: Yeah, he was might have better answers than me. I, I don't actually. I none of them really spring to mind. I, I, I haven't seen any. Do you know what I actually enjoyed and I didn't think I'd enjoy it? The The Krampus Christmas film.
4: Yeah, I was about to say The Krampus was was it's kind of semi slapstick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought it was kind of light hearted
3: and funny. And,
4: Irish director was it? Yeah, yeah. I think I believe so. I could be wrong. If there's a great horror movie anthology called Trick or Treat. Yeah. It's probably one of the best horror movie anthologies and I'm like I'm comparing it with Creepshow and all. Oh, it's right. it's kind of like a pulp fiction meets a horror okay. story, so its timelines are kind of going backwards mm-hmm. and forwards and all the rest of it. Um but the guy who directed that, I believe, directed Krampus as well. Oh,
3: there you go. Tim, have you got one?
2: Yeah, um, Night of the Hunter. It is not only my favorite Christmas horror movie, it's my favorite movie. Calling it a horror movie is kind of kind of a stretch, but it's certainly a thriller. Um it's the it's a, it's a stunning movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Uh it's got um oh, what's the name of the actor in it? It's it's from the 60s. Um Oh, um,
4: Yeah, I I've heard of this but I've never seen it.
2: Yeah, it's um uh hold on, let me look it up cuz I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. Um, it's like a half star. Is this
3: one of those ones
2: or no? No, no, no. This is, this is, uh it's, so it's Robert Mitchum. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Shelly Winters is in it. Uh, she's basically, uh, Robert Mitchum plays this, this preacher oh. and he's, he plays a fake preacher. He, he poses as a preacher and he's in jail with this guy who committed a bank robbery. Mm-hmm. And the guy's in his sleep talks about hiding the money. So he figures out, like this and this guy i think got the death penalty or something so he he goes and uh figures out where this guy lived and like kind of insinuates himself into their lives uh so he's sort of like uh, gets involved with the, the kid's mother and stuff and only the one kid knows where the, the money's buried and or hidden rather mm-hmm. and he it's just this thriller where he's like he's playing nice the whole town thinks this you know he's this great nice preacher but uh, behind the scenes, he's like tormenting these this kid and just like haunting him. Oh, they, they end up running away, and this guy, you know, hunts him down. Basically, he's he, you know it's this really really um, eerie thing because like it seems like no matter how far they run, this guy's always like in the background. Mm-hmm. And he he sings uh this uh th- this old Christian hymn, uh, leaning on the uh, on the everlasting arms. I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, and it just becomes this like whenever you hear that, like the tension just just uh, creeps up but then they end up at Lillian Gish she's an old silent movie actress she plays this old woman who's taken in the te- it's uh takes place during the depression mm. so she's mm. taking in all these orphans and stuff and just raising them just out, out of the goodness of her heart and there's this real confrontation between her between good and evil at the end between her and, and that false preacher and it's just the whole thing is just really eerie but really really filmed really neat and uh the guy the director was a film critic, oh. and they they said to him, "Well, if you know so much about movies, why don't you make mm. one?" <laughs> and he made one, and this is it. Yeah,
4: and they were like, "Damn, we shouldn't have said anything. That was, so, that was actually me. good.
2: <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, he's he is really really good. I absolutely love it. Night of the Hunter. It's not only my favorite Christmas movie. I I say it's a Christmas movie because there's a, a it, the the end the sort of uh, um climax happens right around Christmas at the end there." So I'm thinking if Die Hard can be a Christmas movie, Nail yeah, Hunter
3: is I also die. a
4: Christmas
2: movie. I, I, I agree with
4: I that. I
3: think there's uh I think there's an episode of Black Mirror that's uh Christmas is quite good as well, actually. Um that keeps repeating over and over. I can't remember the theme of the episode, but I just remember it very distinctly takes place. A so Christmas is a good episode. Mm. Um I'll do a couple of quick fire runs here, Tim, and then if you have another one and we'll wrap it up <laughs> then sure. Um Boss Baby asks homemade Christmas dinner or fancy dinner out?
2: Homemade.
3: Homemade,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: homemade. Yeah, yeah homemade, Easy. definitely. Ben yeah. Draconis asks, what is your ideal Christmas dinner, and how does it look? So for me, I'll do it real quick. Um, I'm not bothered with turkey anymore, so I'd like a chicken. I do love ham, yeah. but I, I, this year I think I'll have roast beef, like a good cut of beef. Mm, I, yeah. s- stuffing. I love um, roast potatoes. You have to have a little bit of mashed potatoes as well. Yes. Uh, I like cauliflower cheese. Yeah. We'll do cauliflower cheese yeah. on a Christmas dinner. But would you go mad and go
4: potato gratin?
3: Ah, oh, what do you oh, That'd be mad. mad? Think it's I'm delicious. Kind of though. It is delicious though. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do gratin. Uh, that's a bit much. It's, it's always hilarious that Irish Christmas dinners have like three different types of spots on. <laughs> It's like hilarious. Uh, I would have carrot. I would have broccoli. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Sprouts? Yeah, yeah uh, and gravy, lots of gravy, of course, yeah. and then I would follow that up with a trifle. <laughs> you are going to say it. <laughs> uh, and then on Stephen's Day, my dessert, I'll have the same dinner again on Stephen's Day with the leftovers, oh, yeah. which sometimes is better. And I'll have Christmas pulled that day with
2: custard. That's what so I do, I do you do you, we like so? Here we have, and we'll call it even though it's not Thanksgiving, but we eat basically the same meal for Thanksgiving and yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have what we call like the Thanksgiving sandwich afterwards, where you oh, put the yeah. turkey, oh, the stuffing, oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. you know, the, the cranberry sauce oh, and yeah. make a sandwich. And oh yeah, I love the, I love the part about Christmas when your
4: body is unable to do anything. <laughs> you're just panned out on the couch watching whatever uh, a Christmas movie is on, and like oh, you yeah. wish you hadn't eaten so much, and it's just so sore. And someone like hands you a pint of Guinness, and you're like, or a can of Guinness, you're like, oh deadly. And the last thing you want to do is drink it, but you will drink it. You will drink <laughs> it all. <laughs> <laughs> no, the,
3: the best part of Christmas is when you come down after dinner and you're able for the little supper later yeah. on in the night. Do you um, have yours early, Tim, or late? We, over here, like, it's kind of up in the air, but our family usually has it around two.
2: Yeah, it, it'll be whenever the turkey's done cooking, basically, right, so yeah, you, the, yeah. right around then, usually, yeah. yeah. What about you, Evan? Um, I'd say... What's
3: well, your this, perfect dinner, by the way. Perfect dinner. I
4: have to tell you, after this year... Uh, oh yeah, you're having some bullshit. I am so having some bullshit. My um, <laughs> my wife's Brazilian, so she doesn't eat meat, so we're having bacalhau So yeah. we're having all. She was telling me she was oh, all this, and there will be rice, and we'll do oh. this, and then I have the potato, and I was like, "What's potato?" And said, oh, it's always very good mayonnaise. I was like, "Potato, yeah. just potato salad." Like, <laughs> but the thing about any Brazilian food I've tasted is, it's just like they t- like pizza. Way in Ireland. Now, this is your
3: ideal dinner. Is the well, question. see, I
4: don't, I'm not going to not... know. I'm not going to know till the 26th. Well, As of right now, now you know. Right now, then it's dinners. it's turkey and ham. Right. right now, it's everything that you said, including the trifle, pretty much. Like.
2: <laughs> Tim, you? Well, I mean, all of that sounds. You know, that's essentially what we're going to have. Um True. I'll tell you what I have not had though, which I've, I'm newly uh, fascinated with, but they're quite expensive. Mm-hmm. The turducken. Oh, turducken! So that's. Which is a chicken stuffed inside a duck stuffed inside Ooh. a turkey. Yeah, that sounds decadent. S- Salmon
3: alathastic. Yeah. Of
2: the
4: yes. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> and that's what it was. You have to have the meat thermometer ready to go. Uh, but that would be delicious.
4: We had a deep yeah, fried you know. turkey a couple of years ago, but like it's not deep fried like crispy like. Was that the only crispy, like you KFC's? Yeah, <laughs> basically. So my uncle's a plumber. He was like super careful about making sure everything was okay. Uh, but it just does it quicker, really. Like it tasted quite similar to your regular mm-hmm. oven turkey. I thought it was going to be like a KFC kind yeah, of a thing. Maybe, I, yeah, man. I think I'd be into a KFC turkey.
3: Oh yeah, they probably do. Do they do that?
4: Surely.
2: If they haven't, then they I know Kerman. Popeyes does over here, which is a yeah. No, it's, it's a it's a better change. I don't know if you have them there. Oh no. It's a it's, uh, it's better than KFC. Oh nice. You can, work, but they're expensive. We were gonna get one for Thanksgiving. It's like a hundred bucks for. What? for oh, yeah, I was like, nah, that's all right. Yeah. We'll just make our own. Yeah, um, Tim, do you ever go
3: to Applebee's and listen to Creed? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: i've been to applebee's and i've heard creed but i can't say okay. i've combined R- rob has me
4: believing that they just play creed at applebee's and no matter what ads. you do it's just
7: when you are with
4: over and over again on the jukebox i
3: got, i got for some reason i don't know why i'm not even in america on my personal instagram feed I get targeted ads about how good it is on Applebee's
4: when Creed comes on. <laughs> yeah. like, he sent me that? he sent me a video one day on my phone out of nowhere and it was like Creed singing some song during like a halftime show for yeah. American football and there was a guy like flying through the air wrapped in those uh, silks, you know, the kind of the aerial ballet stuff. Oh yeah. And the tagline just said the European mind cannot comprehend this.
7: <laughs>
3: Uh yeah.
2: Creed. So you so you, you don't have Applebee's there?
3: No. Unfortunately no. not. I'd love to go on Teradova and listen to some Creed I would love to f- if I went to only dollar know
2: of Applebee's, you've not experienced yeah, the we've Applebee's experience. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. No, but I've it's, heard like Dollar Eight, is there supposed to be a go crack? Um another you know, margarita is that I think are a dollar? um that's insane mozzarella frozen mozzarella sticks that they cook up for you Um, (laughs) sounds like quite the experience is
4: is applebee's the one where lads get into fights late at night or is that a Mm -hmm. different one is that uh, waffle house Waffle. Probably Waffle House. It's known <laughs>
2: for people getting into fights.
4: Yeah, yeah. it's like the last I've thing. I've seen some videos. Oh my god! Like if I was going to get waffles, the last thing on yeah. my mind would be fisticuffs You know, combat.
3: <laughs> waffle combat. Yeah. One quick last little question here is from Metal Ghost, and this is not Christmas themed, but he says, "Why the f?" Oh my gosh! He's swearing. He's very angry. <laughs> Do radio stations play a mix of techno? club classics, and hip-hop in the morning. The last thing I want to hear on the way to work when I'm bet to shit is that they play that shite, um, that they're playing clubs at 2am. This is a genuine question, by the way, if you have any insight um, I, I think, think it's
4: a simple answer. They haven't heard Creed yet. Yeah. Their radio station <laughs> would be the Cre- the Scott staff <laughs> Creed appreciation radio show.
3: I, I, no, I think, I think what it is is, is to wake you up, right? So they're, yeah, like, yeah. so basically night radio is fantastic. So it's I, it's very chill. Yeah. I, yeah, I used true, to true. like be indiscriminate in my hatred of radio, right? Um, and I didn't like radio at all. Um, now there's a, there's a whole separate conversation to be had about Irish radio and there's a monopoly held on it mm. and not everyone can set radio stations up. Uh, and pirate radio stations are kind of not a thing here. So that's a whole different thing. I personally find radio not good, but if I listen to late night radio, like if I'm driving home at 12, one in the morning the shit that they played in is basically what I listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice, it's chilled, and the host is talking,
4: really. Yeah, they have that nice, sultry now, voice. Now we're
3: going to play Mark Knopfler. Uh, Mark was uh, doing this, he was, he was doing this when he was thinking about that song, and you're like, oh, yeah, cool, Mark Knopfler. <laughs> and um, the host is all chilled out and everything. And I like that. i I would even I would even like to host nighttime radio, something like that. Because because yeah. the hosts are a lot like podcasters; they're just talking no. shit. Like no one's like, listening. No one cares thing. what they say. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they'll be telling you the history of a song and stuff, and you're like, "This is quite insightful. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed this." But then morning radio is, and it's a morning pop radio. They're trying to wake you up, but they're trying to get you going to work. Yeah. Like it's it's all about. They are interpreting. What they think people want to hear at that hour of the morning. So they think that the masses and, and most of the masses do want to be engaged. They want to be woke up and they want to have some gobshite shouting at them. About,
4: yeah. All right, guys, how are you doing today? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Cause I was going to say all the, the early morning radio hosts are fairly full of energy. Yeah. You know, you have to be a morning person.
3: You're, if you look at, I don't know what it's like in America, Tim, Tim, but if you, if you like chart the radio hosts of a show so like we have like a today fm here or one of those like if you look at the age of the host their content and how it progresses through the day it's almost always super high energy younger people in the morning um kind of people like outrage maybe in the middle of the day and then it gets to more senior hosts at around four or five which is mm. when people are finishing up work. And then I guess into, and now we're going to play yeah. The Stranglers' "Golden Brown."
4: Yeah, you have that interim as well, where Eton can kick off. There was um, Cormac Battle, who used to be in, duh, 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 duh. yeah, you know him, Carb Dog, Carb Dog, yeah, and uh, he had his own radio show, but he'd always be playing like you know, at the drive-in and mm. stuff like that, like stuff that you wouldn't get much radio time in the Irish stations. I think that was like eight o'clock. Mm. So you got eight to nine. Yeah. Uh, you could hear some interesting tunes that you mightn't have heard before. Yeah. And then he was off, you know, yeah. again, and then you slowly
2: go towards the tired man.
3: So Tim, do you have any insight?
4: No, not
2: really. I, my days of listening to radio yeah. were far, far behind me, mm. which is a shame. Did right? you guys have like the, like the, the morning, like shock jock thing there? No, like,
3: like at, okay. uh, Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we didn't. Ireland was, uh, and I'm sure you're aware of that, like as well, like Ireland was ruined, uh was was ruled by an iron Catholic fist yeah, yeah. up until about <laughs> twenty or thirty years ago. So like we wouldn't have had like Howard Stern.
4: Well, that have wouldn't have, flowed have that wouldn't have floated. Like now, you yeah. see,
3: Ireland is too small for someone like Howard Stern. Like Howard mm. Stern is great in America because there's loads of people that would be into Howard Stern, like to the tune of millions. Whereas yeah. in Ireland. The amount of people that would be into Howard Stern, and I don't mind Howard Stern at all. Actually, like you're only looking at maybe a hundred thousand people would tune in, and like it's only an, uh, an island of four, four and a half million people, right? So it's you just don't have that
4: audience size here to support yeah. a Howard Stern, and and as well, like when the Simpsons came to Irish television channels. Never mind that we had had them on the English channels for yeah. years and years. Uh, there was lots of stuff about people saying it was a bad influence on children and all this yeah. sort of stuff. Bartmania Was in full swing <laughs> So So yeah We we were a very um, Very sort of Kept down society yeah. For a long 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 like time
3: Like Wouldn't have flowed.
4: No no That wouldn't have been able We wouldn't Like this no. Podcast would, oh, no, okay. We would have been We would have actually been Excommunicated yeah, yeah, from the church I'd say
3: Yeah no Like had we have If Monster Fuzz existed In like 80s Ireland Like we would have Absolutely been targeted Yeah Our, fam- <laughs> yeah, our families would have been Like no You're alone happened. Exiled It <laughs> wouldn't exist Um so, yeah, no, I think I think yeah, I, I think we didn't have the shock jocks. We didn't have anything like that. So, yeah, I think that probably answers mm. the question. Tim, have you got anything there for us? Uh, I'm sorry? Have you got any questions there for us before we wrap it up?
2: Oh, yeah, let's do one more yeah, here. Let's, let's see here. Um, doo, doo, doo. Sorry, I wasn't all prepared. Right. No, all right. Okay, uh, not a cryptid or spooky question, but I always enjoy hearing what people's favorite Christmas song is oh, and who oh, yeah. by who if it's a cover.
0: More
3: driving on home for
7: christmas and yeah King Lucy,
3: i like uh Ben crasby and david mm. boy right that's, oh yeah that's a good it's one yeah the, uh, and i do like driving home for christmas by chris Rea. did that yeah. did that make it over to the states tim driving home mm. for christmas
2: I don't know. Oh, that's a really
4: nice. Oh, song. you would. Know yeah, you thing. like. Yeah, you'll you like would it. You would not. If
3: if you if you had heard it, you'd know it's a good tune. Just
4: about a guy trying to get home to see his family, and that's it's just it's song. got this really. When you hear it, you just feel nice. It's a brilliant yeah. song. It's like it's like, a great it's tune. like Chris like, Rea. It's like when the whiskey just hits your belly, <laughs> and you're like, oof. And he's <laughs> got a nice. great voice.
3: It's a great tune. Yeah. I think that look the pogs. Obviously, rest in peace, Shane McGowan You know, in New York. I mean, it's such a great tune
2: yeah
3: it's yeah what's your time? have you got
2: any uh i like this is like you know betrays my oldness and my i mean well, i mean this is before I was born so I guess maybe not mm. but uh i like there's a Peter Paul and Mary song called a soulan right and it's mm. it's very very nice harmonies it's it's a i think it's a it's either a traditional song or a couple of traditional songs that kind of melded it into one um so it's it's uh, quite nice and there the harmonies are are very beautiful yeah, Send beautiful harmonies are all right. Da,
7: da, da, da,
3: da, 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 One way to do it. <laughs> um, That's a tune.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and then like I saw a great meme the other day where it was like, mariah carey as a demon being dragged back to hell
2: and it just mm. said mariah carey on the 26th of december
4: <laughs>
7: there's
2: was, there was also a whamageddon this year my, uh-huh. my kids told me about where like you lose if you hear um last <laughs> christmas nice. so as soon as you think it's going to
4: come out you have to like cover your yeah. ears <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah. You,
2: you, you lose whamageddon if you hear it so and, and covers don't count i guess there's a few covers uh, of it it has to be the original that's pretty awesome but we we lost very early on <laughs> <laughs> I was very early and on. And I heard it some, some a job or something.
3: There's a lot of like to be fair there is a lot of good Christmas tunes like like there's a lot. Oh yeah. Dean Martin mm-hmm. um there's uh, a great one is B- Billy Idol covering Jingle Bell Rock. Is one of my more obscure favorites, Video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, that's a good one, and the video is hilarious. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like David Bowie and Bing Crasby. Um, I think that's like a good little drummer wise. that was called. have you
2: seen that the, the uh, beat for beat parody video with uh Will Ferrell?
3: Yeah, I have. I have. It's yeah. very good. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, if I ever had the time, I'd love to me and Eamon to cover it as well in that same vein because it's, it's a hilarious <laughs> tune. Like, um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I suppose, look, we didn't get to all the questions. Um, we have a couple there that our listeners asked that are more sort of non-Christmas themed, so we'll probably get to them in like another mini-fuzz or something sometime soon. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, Alison and I, will. so if your question didn't get answered and you're a strange, familiar people, Allison and I will answer them at some point.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And we'll do, Tim. We'll now in the new year, we're kind of all set up now. And, and the period of upheaval is coming to an end. The last year, 2023, was a, a giant pen in the arse. But uh, we should be good to get some more collaborative episodes out, I think, in the new year. So um definitely looking forward to having you on board for some of them if you're up for it. Anytime. Yeah, cool. So for everyone that sent in questions, thanks very much folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. In terms of Christmas, yeah. Have a happy Christmas, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Enjoy the holidays. That's something you
4: you all
2: say Happy Christmas over there. Yeah.
4: yeah. We do say yeah. Merry as well. To be fair, there's there is a like most things would have a Merry Christmas on cards yeah. and stuff. That's mm-hmm. I think we'll go. I think they're 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 rivals, but they respect each other. <laughs> happy and happy. <laughs> they're okay with each other.
2: It, it's used interchangeably. You you rarely see, rarely hear Happy Christmas over here. Merry Christmas dominates the uh, yeah the yeah. Christmas greeting well, Merry
4: Christmas sounds Chris, uh, It's a it's a merry time To be it fair It is a merry yeah It's
3: more merry than it is
4: happy Drink and have merriment
3: Yeah yeah Merry is more on theme Yeah
4: so I, I'd, like to to, I'd like to start Bringing that back as well Just to describe someone What's he like Oh he's very merry Yeah yeah You know Yeah gay is another one Very gay That's gay Christmas
3: Yeah have a gay Christmas Everyone who's with that Tim
2: Alright Right, <laughs> <laughs> <That's, yeah.
4: laughs> right. Um,
3: Have you got anything You'd like to say Before we wrap it up For Christmas Tim
2: Oh, just happy Christmas, everybody! If uh, you know if you're out there, be careful and uh, just uh, have a great time. Hope everybody's having a great time, and we'll be back soon.
3: Cool! Cheers for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
2: Okay, Allison, we said we were going to do a special every week for the Etsy shop up until Christmas. Hmm. I think I'm just going to extend the one from last week until Christmas. So what that was is if you order any one of my books, just send a note and say, hey, I'd like a remark and I'll do a remark in it for you for free. But yeah, Yeah, of
1: course, now it's probably not going to get there. Right. Unless you live like within a 10 mile radius. (laughs) (laughs) Right,
2: But if, you know, maybe you
1: You want to give, you know, you're not going to see somebody till later.
2: Yeah, or maybe you want it for yourself, you know? Yeah,
1: that's true, too.
2: So that'll be good through Christmas. Again, just order any of my books on Etsy, doesn't matter which one, and then make sure to include in it, like a remark, and I'll put a remark in the book for you. It's a little drawing. There's going to be a bonus Christmas show with Brother Richard. That'll be for everybody. I'll get that out sometime, hopefully, before Christmas. It's not a super Christmassy show because we actually talked about a lot of dark stuff. A lot of talk about demons and kind of like darker spirits in it. Mm -hmm. But we try to do a Christmas show every year with Brother Richard. It just happened that we talked around Christmas for this. So Mm -hmm. this is our very un-Christmassy Christmas show. And if you do want a very Christmassy Christmas show with Brother Richard over at the Flowered Path, we did a very long show that has Brother Richard, a lot of Brother Richard in that as well. So you can check out the Flowered Path Christmas special we just dropped. All right, that's it. I'll be back with that bonus episode. Like I said, hopefully before Christmas, we're going to have a patron episode. We're going to make Allison answer these questions. (laughs) And in case something happens and none of those happen, I just want to say Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates. And we'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Color Arts. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. If you want to hear more or purchase music, you can go to stonebreath.pancamp.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars, one word, no underscore. And you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com, where you can also find our merch, strangefamiliars.com merch.